Allen pass the plug. Here come the Aces on the run. The Energizer looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. For the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's gonna let one fly! Two Are you kidding me? T.C. Martin. There was six seconds to go, and De-Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in. In, in, in. Glad to have you with us. Hour number two of the show on this Tuesday edition. More Terrible Tuesday takes coming a little bit later on. I want to thank Andrea Kramer for joining us. Got the big feature coming your way tonight on HBO Real Sports. Love it. Talking with Mark Davis, focusing on the Raiders and the Aces. Andrea, always uh, great to have her on the show. And like I said, we got a star-studded female cast uh, with us uh, on the show here today as we get into hour number two and uh, as we get ready for the WNBA playoffs. You hear the Aces highlights. Get, we're pumped up, revved up, fired up, ready to go. Can rest the voice a little bit. Get ready for next Tuesday night as the playoffs begin with the Aces as they lock down the number two seed with a pair of the victories on the road trip just this last weekend over Chicago on Friday and then the Phoenix Mercury on Sunday. And joining us now is the president of the Las Vegas Aces, the one, the only, Nikki Vargas. Nikki, how you doing? <laughs> I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Great to, to talk with you again. Always great seeing you at the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay. And uh, even in now seeing you, I guess, at Allegiant Stadium as well, too. See? So you're doing double duty. I know. You know, this is what's so great about um, being here in Las Vegas um, sports. You know, we're all sports enthusiasts. And to be able to turn on a Sunday game, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. You're watching, we're watching the Raiders on the road against a, a very good Pittsburgh Steelers team. And I'm flipping and I've got my laptop, my computer going, I've got my television going, and I'm watching our Aces compete as well. And every game that we've had, the Aces and the Raiders compete. So the last uh, the season opener for Monday Night Football, we had tipped off at 12 noon. The Raiders was that evening at 5.15. So right now, every day that we play on the same day of the Raiders, we're undefeated. So there you go, Mark Davis. Great job in scheduling. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, um probably heard me mention and we had uh, Andrea Kramer on you know Andrea was in town you know interviewing Mark Davis and, and doing the story not just about Mark uh in the Raiders but you know with the Aces as well too yeah. and and um, you know looking forward to to seeing the episode that's going to air tonight on HBO Real Sports uh, speak a little bit you know to to that and the exposure that Las yeah. Vegas continues to get and and Mark gets with the dual ownership you know it's a great partnership um, you know, we, we hosted a, an alumni initiative where we had an autograph session prior to our, our tip-off last Monday, and we had Raiders alum in attendance along with the Aces alum. And so the synergy that both organizations um, are bringing to um, sports is pretty impressive. Um, but, you know, when you talk about the Aces, you know, we're a team that is fast-paced. We like to run and gun. We score a lot of points. We, are, we have the number one offense um, in the league, and we have several players that are averaging double, double figures, whether it's our guard play with Plum and Chelsea or it's our, or it's our bigs with Liz, Asia, and Hamby. Like, so this team is exciting to watch first and foremost, but they also know how to win. And so I'm excited about our playoff run. Um, obviously September 28th at 7 o'clock here at Nick Ultra Arena. Um, this is a run to bring home the first championship to the Las Vegas area. So that's what we're gunning for. 
Well, Nikki, I, I've been the one saying it for the past couple of years of all the teams that are going to hold a, para- a championship parade down Las Vegas Boulevard, <laughs> it's going to be the Aces, and I'm sticking to it, Nikki. That's it. Okay. It's the Aces. There's no question about it. Hey, that parade, I'm already planning it. So <laughs> There's your plan. Just make, make sure I, I get a nice little spot, too, uh, you know, on one of the floats there next to you, okay? It's just okay, reserved. Right. You're going to be right next to me. There what you- are you talking about? We're going to be right there to- on the float together. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> there we go. Hey, you know, going back to the relationship, you know, and, you know, when the MGM, you know, bought, uh, purchased the Aces and everything, yes. you know, there, were, there, there was a great, you know, you know, synergy there. And then, you know, bringing mm-hmm. kind of the, you know, bringing the games to the Mandalay Bay, and of course, you know, uh, getting the Cirque du Soleil performers to come do stuff at halftime, yep. and, and all of that was great. And the players got, you know, a, a little spoiled with this and that. But now with Mark Davis, I mean, getting seats in in the box there at Allegiant Stadium, I mean, players are really spoiled now. And I know, I know how much they're loving this as well too. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, this is a great little perk for you know free agency as well too, right? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, you know, it, it says a lot about um, Mark Davis's vision um, for not only the Raiders but for the Aces. Um, he has a uh, passion for women's basketball, and he wants to see, uh, obviously, what we've done these first 25 years. How can we be better the next 25 years? How can we build off the momentum of the 144 players that were in the Wubble. And a great way to, to showcase um, both, both um, organizations' support of one another um, by the Raiders and Adam and his team saying, hey, we want you guys at the game. Um, but they went beyond the call of duty. They allowed us to also uh, put one of our players on the Jumbotron, had the cameras in the suite, but also allowed um, Asia Wilson to address Raider Nation. And they went crazy. And so just that that um, thrill of having fans, not only, you know, if you're a fan, you're a fan of the Raiders, you're a fan of the Aces, you're just a fan of excellence. And that's what both of these organizations represent. Absolutely. And then I know Jiggy was asking me the other day because they were on the road. He said, hey, how did the hype video go for the UNLV game You know, the other night? Because they, they did a little hype video and welcomed everybody uh, for the UNLV uh, Iowa State game. And I said, you know, you had 25,000 Iowa State fans that were there, you know? And uh, I don't know you know, how familiar they are with the Aces, but I told him what I, I, told him what I was most impressed with and then I told Kelsey this exact same thing after the game on Sunday. I said, where'd you get that high kick? I mean, you delivered this like big old high kick on, on, on this video. I mean, it was almost like, you know, cheerleader-esque or whatever. She goes, hey, TC. He goes, you know, I got my yoga down. I said, you got that right. I mean, very impressive high <laughs> kick on this video. I don't know if you saw it or not. Well, Kelsey, Kelsey is one of those um, players that, one, will never get out of shape. You know, when you're watching her play, you see that she plays with great pace and she's changing the tempo of the game. So for her to high kick, that's not anything that shocks any of us. Um, you know, and, and taking yoga and, and all of those um, uh, different um, ways of training, uh, she's very conscientious of what her, her, her training regimen should look like and she takes care, great care of herself. And that's what I would say about these ladies is that um, it's not only about them being – uh, great basketball players as far as their talent and skill level goes, but they're also healthy in their lifestyle, and I think that's equally important. Nikki Vargas joins us, the president of the Aces. So, Nikki, let's see, what has it been, about six months, six, seven months on the job for you since you, you got here yeah. and took over, right? Okay. So Yeah, how, first of May, right? first of May. Exactly, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember the press conference uh, very well. So t- talk to us about how things have gone from your perspective, you know, not only just getting acclimated to your new role. I mean, because, again, before, you know, you're at LSU, you're coaching, you're doing all that. But uh, now uh, tell us the, the growth for yourself from May 1st to where we are now. Well, oh, definitely been um, growth there. Um, you know, I, I would say first and foremost, uh, the people that I work with, um, have been instrumental in, in, in even my own personal and professional transition. And I've, I'm surrounded with um, very knowledgeable people who have a passion and, and a love for uh, making the ACES the best 
um, organization, the best front office we can possibly make it. And so I'm excited about the future and the expansion of our um, our operations from a business standpoint. But I will tell you, um, I've learned a lot about the behind the scenes and how to um, you know run a run an organization from ticket sales to sponsorships to in game and to something as simple as well. You know what? We need to get those pom poms up. Like so, I think you have to wear and do whatever is asked of you um, at that moment, and you're wearing a lot of different hats. But there are hats that don't make this seem as though it's a job. It, it, it doesn't feel like work. It's part of, you know, my why. It's part of our passion. Um, it's part of us wanting um, to, to be um, the best we can for each other, and I think that's why we challenge each other, we, we debate, we have um, healthy dialogue, and we game plan to create this strategy that we hope will result not only in a championship on the court, but also a championship within the front office. You know, back to Mark Davis for a second. Let's take out the fact that he's an NFL owner of an iconic franchise like the Raiders, but mm-hmm. but a guy that is such a big advocate and a proponent for women's sports in general, and again, he was a fan to begin with, uh, buying season tickets, sitting there courtside, and then saying to Jim Murin, you know, hey, you know, you know, this is this this is great, we love this. And Jim says, hey, you know, you want to buy the team, and and look where <laughs> look, look where he's at now. But could this be a better spot for you personally to come work for a guy like Mark Davis in Las Vegas? The synergy that happens in this town with sports and entertainment and where it's going, and you know, of course, you're you know, affiliation, you know, with the Raiders as well, too, with your husband and everything, being a former Raider. I mean, could it be a better situation for you? No, it couldn't be. I, I am so fortunate. I am so um, grateful for this opportunity. When when Mark Davis and um, Larry Delson flew to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, I saw his vision. I saw, um, like you mentioned, his his respect and love for women's basketball and that He's been a longtime champion. Um, he's been a longtime fan. And to say, you know, we need better for these women, um, the first step is was for him to purchase the team. And he's going to lead not only the Aces um, into a new era, but I truly believe he's going to help lead the WNBA into a true uh, into a new era, especially with his with his background in, 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 in the business aspect of, of, of making sure that um, it's not just about the, 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 you know, the team and the logo, it's also about the players. And you can see that coming through when we were discussing how we want to make sure that our players are being taken care of. And so that was a big draw for me to leave college coaching for over 24 years. Um, but the, the, Again, the meeting that we had was so genuine and it was very heartfelt that he really cares about the well-being of this league and these players and these women. And, and that's, that's why I'm here today. You know, when Mark and I talked uh, about a week and a half or so ago when, when I had him on, we were talking about the travel situation. And again, that is something uh-huh. that is such a, a key component and he's very adamant about that, about wanting to get all teams to address this matter of saying, listen, there's no reason for our players to be, or any players for that matter, being stuck in airports for five-hour delays and, and be you know, at the mercy of these airlines when we have the ability to be able to to fly charter flights, you know, to fly privately and that sort of thing. He goes, he goes, you would never see that in the NFL. You never see it in the NBA and you shouldn't see it in, in the WNBA. And I, it seems like, you know, he is definitely on the path to addressing this matter and trying to, to help the WNBA with that. Speak a little bit about what that means to you when you hear that and you being involved yourself to maybe getting this done. No, I think that when, when you when you are in the WNBA, and this is by far the best women's basketball league, um, hands down. Um, look what this team, our team in particular, but Team USA has been able to do with seven um, consecutive gold medals. So women's basketball is here to stay, and we have to be um, 
we have to be forward thinking. So travel is a huge part of of not only getting a team from point A to point B without disruption, but you also have to look at what travel does for the player's uh, mental psyche along with their ability to recover and rehab after a game. Are you flying the next morning? Do you have to get up at 6 a.m.? Now you're tired and taxied, and now you've got to turn around and play. It has ramifications of how you practice based on flying commercial. Um, and when you fly private, you have a little bit more control of your schedule. You have a little bit more control over if there are delays. Um, you, you, you have an, an extra, another plan. Sometimes when you fly commercial, there's no other plan. Um, so I do think as we move forward in the WNBA and how we operate as a professional league, we have to take a serious um, look at how we travel. A lot of your players that are in this league um, came from programs where did not have to fly commercial, that they did fly private. And so when you mentioned that no other NFL team or no NBA team will travel this way, well, there's a lot of college teams that don't travel commercially. So I think there's an area, that's one area that we definitely need to address because it's not only about the, 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 the disruption of flying commercial, but obviously we're in a pandemic and we're, I'll just tell you, I mean, just being honest, you know, we're, we're asking them to do these certain things, but then we put them on a commercial flight with the general population. So to me, we have to then say, okay, how can we invest our money where it's not only getting our players on time to where they need to play, but also where they can perform at their maximum level because they're rested and they have the time for recovery. Right. And, you know, Liz Cambay is just coming off of the COVID, you know, protocols and that sort of thing. And I, you know, I don't know. You may know who knows, you know, where she could have contracted this, but it was right after a road trip. And then it was one of those type of things. And like you bring up a great point that, you know, you're asking the WNBA has done a fantastic job of of basically you know, sealing off their teams and keeping them together and, and away from, you know, any type of, of, of uh, you know, thing that could happen here. And then you right. throw you throw them right back into the, the general <laughs> populace on, on planes. That's a, the last thing that you want to do, and especially in a time when you're approaching the playoff season. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's just you're right. It's crazy. All right. Well, that's why that, that's why that, you know, that's why Mark Davis is is, you know, saying that we all have to. Um, take on this responsibility. We all have to be aware that this is important to the league and us moving forward. All right, Nikki Vargas joins us. Nikki, 22 and 4. How does that sound? That sounds pretty that sweet, sounds huh? Great. <laughs> hey, that sounds great. I'm telling you, we, we were obviously, there's so many great teams in this league, and, you know, the playoffs, this is the time of year where, the, where you showcase, you know, the, 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 the best of the best. And we have players that have shown again with the number one offense in our league. We've got we we've got some of the best players, not only um, post players but perimeter players. We got players that are up for MVP. Um, where when you look at Asia, uh, defensive player players are, are making a defensive team. We we have players that we that qualify for that. So Raquan has done a great job. But look what look what Plum and, and, and has been able to do for us. You know, just coming back um, off of last year, not being able to play due to um, an Achilles um, injury, and coming back from that, and then here she is, one of our top scorers, um, up for six men of the year, um, could arguably be considered most improved. Um, so, so we we've got a lot of positive things going on with the Aces family. No doubt. All right, and speak a little bit about about Plum. Uh, you know, again, sixth woman of the year, especially coming off of Derricka Hamby's back to back, you know, mm-hmm. reign of that, and now Plum could get that. And then Hamby, if it wasn't for Plum's play, Hamby would probably be the favorite as well again. I know, I know. I, I mean, that's exciting that we we have players who um, have excelled in their respective roles, and I will give credit to Bill Lambeer and his staff and um, them being able to manage the minutes um, but also managing um, personalities. Um, Kelsey Plum is a player that's a go-getter, and she wants to win at, at all costs, and I feel like that feeds into our team, and they, 
they feed off of each other. So that's a great thing to see. And when Chi and, and Handy come into the game, we know that the pace is going to pick up even more. We know that something positive is going to happen. And, and those two have just been this great spark that we've needed off the bench. Mickey, you coached, for all, you know, like you said, 24 years, and you coached at LSU, and I know that you got a chance to coach against Asia Wilson when she was at South Carolina <laughs> in numerous meetings, right? So I want to ask you, because you know, I watched her play in college, and I even said this to her again just a week or so ago, like the development that she continues to make as a pro, even though she is an MVP. I never thought I'd see Asia use a right hand. And then you know, not only the up and under moves, but everything that she has developed Every year she's gotten better and better. Speak to Asia in college to where you've seen her right now. And did you have the vision that she would be an MVP years ago? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes and yes. You know, Asia in college, um, she was a nightmare for the opponent. It's like, how do you scout um, this type of player? Because... She's going to score. She's going to rebound. She's going to defend. She's going to hustle. She's going to run the floor. She's going to defend. She just checked a lot of boxes. Um, and considering her size, that's not common. But I will tell you, she is someone who you want in the locker room. She's a great teammate, first and foremost. And she has this um, quietness about her where the, you look up and you're like, wow, she got 27? She plays, and, and it's, it might be a quiet 27, but then there's these um, times where Asia, you know, she gets locked into scoring for us and, 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 and being that go-to, and I think that's where she becomes unstoppable. Um, so I, 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 I'm glad to be able to say that I saw this kid when she was in high school, college, and now at the pro level, but you – but with with her family and, and, and her parents and, and how supportive everybody has been. Um, you can't say enough about someone who definitely deserved um, a statue being, um, being, um, being at the South Carolina, um, at South Carolina. No one is more deserving than Asia Wilson of, of, of something of that magnitude. Did you try to recruit her in, uh, in oh, college? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, along with the other 360 universities. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so what's the deal? You, you didn't uh, you didn't get her to wear any purple and gold pom poms or nothing. You can you know swear. What's the deal, you No, no, yeah. we couldn't get her out of the state of South Carolina. They were not letting her go. <laughs> there you go. They were not letting her go. So, uh, but she's such a you know when you see Asia, just just little things after games, um, just the time that she spends. With, um, with 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 fans, yeah. um, whether it's a, taking a picture or signing signing an autograph, um, she just lives in a place of appreciation, and you can see that every every time you see her, she's going to give you a big smile, and um, and again, nothing but great things are are, are coming um, her way, and obviously it helps that she has championship a championship bloodline. She understands what it takes to win it all. And I can see that she's playing um, to win it all, not for herself, but for this team and this franchise. Now you bring up so many points there. And we've talked about that before where she, you know, being number one overall pick and she has to kind of shoulder the situation of, of kind of being Mm -hmm. the face of the franchise. And she is great, you know, with fans, she's great with the media and she realizes that there's a responsibility where a lot of players could just shun that and say, you know, I got to work on my game. I got to concentrate on this, but she is that type of person. You know, like I said, she's a great family person and she's just a great, Mm -hmm. you know, presence, like I said, in the locker room, but just a, a great presence in this city as well. And you have to be very, very proud of her for that. No, definitely. And, you know, I will tell you, uh, with COVID, um, that's restricted our ability to uh, be out in the community and, and, and visit with people. And that's something once we get through um, this, this time, that's, that's a huge emphasis for the Las Vegas Aces moving forward is that we do have um, our players, um, and they will be um, in the community. We want to keep them here um, year-round. We understand that there's a competitive market overseas with the international play, 
but I, I think it's equally important for us as the Las Vegas community to 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 really figure out how do we um, keep these young ladies in in market because th- if they're here, they're going to be out there. They're going to be able to build these relationships um, outside of during the season, and I think that's really important as we move forward as a franchise. All right, the playoffs begin on Tuesday night. The Aces with the number two overall seed behind the Connecticut Sun got the double bye. It's exactly what uh, Bill Lambeer wanted. That's what the players wanted. I'm sure that's what you wanted, and it's great. And you get to open up the playoffs at home Tuesday night at the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay. And as we get ready for the postseason here, Nikki, uh, fans, uh, they they can come back now, and they have been able to come back for the, the past couple home games. But yeah. uh, w- what kind of uh, word are you putting out there to hey, let's fill this place, you know, to capacity, and let's root this team on? No, exactly. I mean, we need we need Mick Mick Ultra Arena on Tuesday, and um, we will play Thursday. So we got two two we got game one and game two of the playoffs here, and we need that arena rocking. And because history is going to be made, and I want to make sure that everybody um, understands that when you have four gold medal medalists on the same team, that's historical. For us to bring home the first championship to the Las Vegas community, that's historical. So let's all be a part of this because this is part of our. We're part of the the, the community, and we appreciate everyone who has all the fans and all the season ticket members who have um, stood by us in the midst of uh, this pandemic, the building is open to the public. Check, check your websites. Check all the publicity that we're putting out there, LasVegasAces.com. Get your tickets and come support these, these, these future champions. Like you said, four gold medalists from Tokyo, uh, seven double-digit scorers. That's never happened before as well, too. Oh, the reigning MVP. Oh, the back-to-back six-woman of the year. Oh, and probably another six-woman of the year this year with Kelsey. I mean, come on. Oh, let's don't forget, we haven't even mentioned Liz Cambage, one of the best centers in the history of the WNBA, right? Right. I mean, what else What else do we have to do? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Get out and support, no question. Nikki, always appreciate the time visiting with you, whether it's in person or on the phone. I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday night, and uh, we'll talk to you more uh, during the course of these playoffs. And, of course, like I said, uh-huh, save that spot next to me on the float for the parade. I, I got your spot on the float. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, girl. All right. Appreciate you. Thank you. There she is, Nikki Vargas, the president of the Las Vegas Aces. Bill Lambeer held that role for the first couple seasons here in Las Vegas. And then, you know, Bill says, hey, I just want to be a coach. And so what Mark Davis do? Went out and got one of his own, one of the Raiders alumni. So her husband, Justin Vargas, former running back. And, uh, again, Nikki very familiar with Mark Davis, the Raider family, Las Vegas. And Nikki knows her basketball as well, too. 24 years coaching, uh, most of those years at LSU. uh, Perennial powerhouse year in and year out. So it's great. And this franchise, this organization, and we talk about it a lot here, is that when you have an owner like Mark Davis who gets it, who understands what it's like to be a champion, to be a winner, and who loves women's sports and is an advocate uh, for this, uh, it's, it's a great situation. And fans, get on out there. Games one and two of the WNBA semifinals hosting here at the Mandalay Bay Michelob Ultra Arena on Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Get your tickets at LasVegasAces.com. Get in the house. Be there. You will love it. Uh, Create the energy. And let's pack this place for Tuesday and Thursday, games one and two. Opponents still yet to be determined because the playoffs will start with one-and-done situations with the lower seeds starting on Thursday and Sunday of this week, and the Aces will be hosting games one and two of the semifinals starting next Tuesday and Thursday night. All right, we come back. Uh, We'll hit some more NFL, some Terrible Tuesday takes, and a whole lot more T.C. Martin on this Terrible Tuesday edition. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from The Band War, and you are listening to T.C. Martin. And now I forgot what he told me to tell you. (laughs) He's lying to you all. He's lying. 
right. If you're going to play a war rejoiner, then you got to go war rejoin music. I mean, do you need some help here? I mean, you want me to go slip it into darkness? Cisco Kid? I mean, freaks come out at night are fine. I mean, that's, that's, that's totally fine, but that's, that's Houdini. Oh, I understand. You got your W's mixed up. Houdini War. You didn't know how to spell. That's the deal, Numbchuck. I see. Okay, yeah. I mean, or you could go low rider, of course, but yeah, here we go. This is what I'm talking about. Here we go. Lonnie Jordan War. Here we go. I think Lonnie cut two, uh, two promos for us. That's up to you. Let's see what kind of skills you got there. Wait, wait, you're, wait you're cutting off the music? I'm, I'm jamming right now. What are you talking about? Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from the band War, and you are listening to the T.C. Martin Show. That's the beat. <laughs> well, he's right. We got the beat going. Yeah, I love Cisco Kid. One of the all-time greatest. There you go. All right. Yeah, so I know why you're doing war, because I'm sitting there in part of my Terrible Tuesday talking about the Major League Baseball stats. And that is, that is a category, right? War. Yeah, whatever that means. But, yeah, this is what we know is war. you got to love it. All right, appreciate Andrea Kramer joining us today. Nikki Vargas, uh, great stuff. Here on the show, uh, Terrible Tuesday, this is the T.C. Martin Show. All right, we uh, talked about, um, during the Terrible Tuesday, about the dark side of the ring special and didn't have enough time to devote more to that. So I want to dive into that a a little bit more, but uh, again, great, great documentary series, uh, the dark side of the ring. And if you love wrestling, especially the old school wrestling, it takes you behind the scenes of a lot of dark side of the wrestling world. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, uh, great Great stories out there. And I believe, what, they're into season number six right now? Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So the one that aired this week uh, was called The Plane Ride from Hell. And this goes back to 2002, where the WWF at the point in time, uh, they were touring Europe. And they decided to get the res- uh, to make the wrestlers more comfortable that they would get them a private jet. So they leased this jet out of Phoenix that is usually takes sports teams around. They have taken the Phoenix Suns, the Arizona Coyotes, Seattle Mariners, many, many teams. And they said, let's, uh, you know, we're going to go back to Germany. We're going to England. We're going, you know, about, about six or seven different stops in Europe. And let's go ahead and, and treat these guys right. Because at that point in time, the WWF was at its zenith, at its peak. I mean, they're rolling. And at that point in time, Vince McMahon just purchased, uh, you know, TNT, Nitro, all that stuff, ECW, and he, he owned everything. So a lot of those guys from ECW and WCW came over to join a WWE. And for some of the guys, it, it, it was great because they were finally able to make some very, very good money. But for many of them, man, uh, it... It, it didn't end well, too. And as you've heard Rob Van Dam come on here and talk all the time, you know, there is that dark side of the wrestling world, uh, especially with Vince McMahon, the WWE. And um, you just never know when your career can end. Uh, it's definitely a cutthroat business, uh, and you can make some great money. You definitely can, but um, you got to be careful. So typical in the wrestling business. Uh, the boys will be boys, as we know. And for most of the wrestlers, they don't do a great job of saving their money uh, when they made it, uh, you know, during those peak years of the WWE. I, unfortunately, I got a chance to see many of these guys end up broke, die, and many die broke uh, because of the party atmosphere. And not spending their money wisely. So this plane ride from hell kind of details all of that. Where, first of all, they're leaving England. Where they just got doing a big pay-per-view. And they're going to come back to the United States in Connecticut to do a Monday Night Raw. The plane ride was delayed for seven hours on the ground because of weather. And then you had a seven-hour flight on top of that. So 14 hours 
And when people hear, well, really, was that the plane ride from hell? Is that appropriately named? Yes, it was. And here's the reason. You had alcohol unlimited. Alcohol cart after alcohol cart after alcohol cart on here. You had food and pretty much gourmet food. And then you had drugs. And you had, you know, wrestlers uh, ribbing each other. And the term rib comes from basically pranking others and that sort of thing. Brock Lesnar was a guy who just came into the WWE at that point in time. And he wasn't well welcomed. A lot of these guys weren't well welcomed from coming either if you're a rookie into the wrestling business, they want to indoctrinate you, or if you came from a competing organization or if you're viewed as, you know, a lesser organization. And on this flight, you had female flight attendants, drugs, alcohol, not a good mix. So earlier last hour, we heard from, uh, they played from Heidi Doyle, one of the flight attendants. And on this flight, you had superstars like Ric Flair, Kurt Henning, Scott Hall, Brock Lesnar, Michael P.S. Hayes, Dustin Rhodes, Tommy Dreaver, RVD. That's just to, to name a few. And Vince McMahon was on this flight. So was uh, uh, Jim Ross. And they were in the front part. And the partying that would go on on this thing in the back, a lot of times they would just turn a blind eye to. And this thing got so chaotic that there were fights, there was drunkenness, there were wrestlers that were, that were passed out here. And there were some very uh, detrimental stories. Ric Flair actually exposed himself. He, this is a rib that he would do all the time uh, when he would start partying, when going to bars or having parties at wrestlers' homes. He would have his robe on, and he would be naked underneath, and he decided to, you know, do this on the plane. So he bared himself, opened his robe, to much of the chagrin of the flight attendants. He actually forced two flight attendants to touch his penis. He would not let one of the flight attendants leave the back of the galley, uh, basically pinned her up uh, against uh, the back there. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning got into a fight, an actual fight, uh, where they broke tables and bottles. The plane was trashed. It was wrecked. There was all kinds of damage. And the WWE was sued at that uh, point in time. It wasn't a good time for the WWE because at that point in time, they had just, were months later, they changed to WWE because of what, what, the Farmers Federation or whatever it was. They, yeah, yeah, World, yeah, World Wildlife. Yeah, yeah, it, fi- the fires, right? Fun. Fun. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there it is for that. So they got rid of WWF. So they were going through all kinds of stuff at that point in time. So anyway, um, not a good time. So they were sued. Vince McMahon did not want this to to get out in the public, and it was hidden for many, many years. Like I said, this is 2002. And uh, settled out of court with the flight attendants and the company, uh, Sportsjet, who provided the charter flight. So when this documentary was released, they they interviewed a lot of wrestlers in this. Uh, Tommy Dreamer uh, is one guy who has an actual podcast on Sirius XM with Rick, with, with, um, yeah. And so Tommy Dreamer, after his comments that you're about to hear here, lost his job on Sirius XM for this. Was that right? Was it wrong? We'll let you be the judge of this. Here's Tommy Dreamer talking in the dark side of the ring this episode of The Plane Ride from Hell. He could move his hips and twirl it, and so his well-endowed penis spins around like a helicopter. So I'd say he's the nature boy for a reason. He's got a hammer on him. He's the life of the party. And if you know him, you know where it is to exit the party and, and go to your own safe place or you don't know the rules and you find yourself in deep water and that may have happened and that was in the galley the galleys where our little kitchen area on an airplane Rick Flair was naked in a cape only and then he decided to come back to the galley to get a coke and then he wouldn't leave the galley he had me up back against the back door, um, and I couldn't, I couldn't move. I couldn't get away from him. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't move. 
was spinning around his penis and he wanted me to touch it and he, he took my hand and, and put it on him. Ric Flair is not going to try to impose by force any sexual stuff on to anybody. Um, he's just flaunting the styling and profile and doing like the Ric Flair stuff where everybody's going to laugh about it. Um, but obviously someone took offense to it. All right. So Tommy Dreamer, JR, Jim Ross there, Heidi Doyle, the flight attendant, all in that clip there. And what you heard with Tommy Dreamer was basically defending Ric Flair saying, well, it was just a joke or whatever. And that's what led to him getting fired for a Sirius XM radio gig because of that. Now, Rob Van Dam, of course, as you know, great friend and is on the show all all the time. He was interviewed as well. But look at the, the direction that Rob Van Dam took. Was asked the same questions regarding... This episode that took place in 2002. Ric Flair doing the helicopter with his penis. Like, I don't, I don't really think it's good for everybody to know this uh, about their heroes. You know, some of these guys are freaks. I feel this is trying to portray someone as this sexual predator, and it's not. It's a joke. It's a gag. And today, 1,000% inappropriate my hairstyle is inappropriate right now i am somehow offending someone right now with my double ponytail how dare i have two ponytails and my answer is i'm 50 years old i'm happy i have hair um but if you're asking me i've hung out with rick flair i've never seen him try to force his will against anybody so tommy dreamer taking that direction of hey you know i'm gonna stand by rick flair i mean it Ric Flair obviously do him a solid, you know, back in the day probably. But to compare what transpired on this plane flight and then what Ric Flair was doing and comparing it to, well, look at my hairstyle. I mean, it's not in the same ballpark. So when this this story came out, I know we were talking off air yesterday about, well, is this something that this guy should lose his job for? Well, this is why. When you When you hear comments like that, and we know. We are in an ultra-sensitive society for these things. And whether it's athletes, whether it's celebrities, whether it's anybody, they're going to have to pay the price because you could probably get away with that 10, 15, 20 years ago, but, but today you can't. Was there a sexual assault on this plane? No one is saying that. But Tommy Dreamer is just basically saying, hey, this, this was a joke. Well, it's, it, it's one thing. But when you're intoxicated or you're drugged up and you lose control, you know, you're going to do some stupid things. We don't know how tanked up Ric Flair was. We heard he was drinking a lot. But some of these wrestlers were drinking so much that they actually passed out. And Scott Hall actually passed out. So Scott Hall lost his job. He was fired the next day when they landed. Kurt Henning was fired as well. For what he was doing, uh, and he was one of the biggest pranksters, you know, in wrestling, and, and people that know him and know that. But Ric Flair, for what he did, running around naked in a plane, and forcibly having flight attendants having to touch his penis and fondle him, and, and those type of things, Ric Flair wasn't fired. Now you can ask yourself, why? But it's right in front of you. Ric Flair was one of the highest paid, behind Hulk Hogan, the second highest paid guy in Vince McMahon's organization. And when they got Ric Flair from WCW, it was a major coup for Vince McMahon and the WWF at the time. So Ric Flair was basically untouchable. He knew he was untouchable. And when if you watch this episode, Anybody that you talk to, or, or in, even when you watch it, they'll tell you Flair was like the ringleader. Okay, it was like Flair had was the king of the back room. So you had the you know McMahon and Ross and the executives. They were up front, but in the back it was Flair and all the wrestlers, and Flair was basically running the entire show, egging some of these guys on. But to go to that extreme, Ric Flair, you know, basically. Got a pass. 
So Jim Ross's role with this, and for people that don't know, Jim Ross, of course, was an announcer and, you know, with the WCW back in the day, he came over to the WWE as an announcer and then later became basically a talent coordinator and a talent manager where basically he was in charge of overseeing the talent uh, on the road. And over the years, I got a chance to know a lot of these guys and work with guys like Chief J. Strongbow. That was his role. Uh, Red Bastine going way back in the day. Pat Patterson. Those were guys that Vince McMahon held on to after the wrestling careers and gave them jobs. And kind of a cushy job where it's like, go on the road, make sure the box office checks out, make sure that these guys behave themselves, make sure they get on the planes, and that's your job. So when all this was happening, Vince McMahon knew what was happening, and he told Jim Ross, this is what you're getting paid for. This is what you're getting paid handsomely for. Go handle it. McMahon didn't handle any of this stuff. Vince McMahon didn't even fire Scott Hall or Kurt Henning or any of these guys. Jim Ross had to do it. This is what his job was. So kudos for Jim Ross for being able to talk about this because Ric Flair, he was interviewed for this story. He wouldn't talk. Vince McMahon was interviewed for the story. He wouldn't talk. Other wrestlers wouldn't talk. But kudos to the guys like RVD be willing to talk about this because they really have nothing to gain from this except to point out what it was like being on the road during this era of wrestling. And I could share stories with you as well, too, but I'll tell you that none of, of that type of stuff to that extreme happened under my watch when I was doing it. But again, a lot of it is you know who you get in your organization, and you have to know the personalities that you get under your organization and what you allow and what you don't allow and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, I'm all about for having a good time. And, you know, these wrestlers had great times, you know, working for me. It was fun. It was great. But they know that there's a professionalism that if you want to continue to come back and you want to continue to work, that you have to follow certain guidelines. And this was happening basically on a nightly occurrence. And McMahon let most of it happen. So kudos for Jim Ross for actually talking about it. Now, for those that don't know, Jim Ross has had some health problems over the years. His, you know, had heart attacks. His speech has been slurred. But this is Jim Ross talking during this episode on why Ric Flair wasn't reprimanded or fired. How does it that Ric Flair evaded any sort of suspension or anything like that? Good question. Uh, I guess... Lack of a better term, he was a made man. And he was such a high-level made man that he got a pass. Was it the right thing to do? I don't know. You're listening to it, folks. You, you decide. He got a pass. All right. Yeah, he got a pass. So, uh, again, you know, lawsuits were filed. People were paid off of this. Uh, and again, <laughs> you can you could draw your own conclusion to this. But uh, again, part of the business, some people will say, hey, that's just, that's just part of the business, the way it goes. You can say allegations, but uh, stern allegations uh, as well. But uh, again, for those that, that came forward to talk about this, they put themselves out there. And even when something are just allegations, you can lose your job for it. And Tommy Dreamer, like I said, he lost a, a gig on Sirius XM. Tommy Dreamer is still wrestling. He's with Impact Wrestling. He's currently suspended, you know, from Impact right now. So uh, will that lead to his termination? Don't know. But uh, it'll be interesting. And now Ric Flair commercials and ads have been pulled uh, as well. So... This is a story that will get, you know, people will continue to follow and, and look at here. But, uh, uh, but at any rate, Dark Side of the Ring shows you some great stuff. And uh, I'm very interested to see, you know, the one coming out regarding 
the Ultimate Warrior as well, too. And they've done stuff in the past with, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper, Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, the, the list goes on and on. You know, everything that, you know, happened with, with Elizabeth and all that. So, um, good stuff. Tommy Dreamer did come out and uh, release a statement upon the episode airing said regarding my comments made on dark side of the ring it was never my intention to offend or hurt or victim shame anyone i understand my comments were insensitive and could trigger emotions in someone's own personal past i do not condone sexual misconduct of any kind i apologize to anyone i offended from the bottom of my heart i am sorry and he did say that in the episode too that he doesn't condone this you know but it he just came across and said that you know hey you know, he believed that Ric Flair was just having fun and that sort of thing. So, all right. So there you go. A good part of a uh, of Terrible Tuesday. We can go back to the Detroit Lions if you want to talk about that. There we go. <laughs> Atrocious, those Detroit Lions last night, right? All right. I want to thank Andrea Kramer for joining us today and, uh, Get a chance to watch it tonight. Real Sports, HBO. They do a fantastic job. Brian Gumble, Andrea Kramer, and it's Andrea Kramer's story. She spent a good amount of time here in Las Vegas interviewing Mark Davis um, regarding his ownership with the Raiders and the Aces. So uh, watch that tonight. 7 o'clock it airs, and it'll be uh, recurring uh, on HBO during the course of uh, this next month as well, too. And, of course, you can see it on HBO Max and HBO On Demand as well. So appreciate Andrea for joining us and also Nikki Vargas, the president of the Las Vegas Aces. All right, back at it again tomorrow. We start diving into the handicapping and start looking ahead to week number three in the NFL as well as college football. We appreciate everyone for joining us. And if you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Raiders recap is is up there from last week, and also uh, interviews up there as well. Go to the interview page, uh, the classic interview page. It's all up there at tcmartinshow.com. Appreciate Numchuck, G-Man, Gilby, for hanging with us again today. Remember Cosmopolitan on Friday, and of course, every day this week, 2 to 4 p.m. right here.